0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at BYTE.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Hi everybody, Cheryl Akison here. Welcome to another edition of Full Measure After Hours. Today, a breaking news update on a story we covered some months back on Full Measure about conflicts of interest government scientists paid by you and royalties they collect from private pharmaceutical companies. Today, a follow-up with some breaking news from Open the Books and Adam Angieski, founder of OpenTheBooks.com.
0: I'm the founder and CEO of OpenTheBooks.com.
1: We had you on an episode of Full Measure earlier this year with a really interesting and important issue that you're going to update for us in a big way today. But let's start with a little bit of the background before the big news. Can you explain the backdrop of all of this taking place? You basically tried to get information from the National Institutes of Health. Can you characterize the information of what their initial response was?
0: So, the National Institutes of Health, they've done everything possible to try to stop us, Cheryl, from making this information public on third party royalties. I think at the height of the pandemic, the American people started to feel that big government was very close to big pharma. And we keyed on this database as important information to show people exactly how close they are. Every single year, we know that. Going out the door at the National Institutes of Health are over $30 billion worth of grants to about 50,000 entities across the entire healthcare space, which buys you a lot of friends, buys you a lot of allies. Now we know coming back through the other door has been $325 million since 2009 in what's known as third party royalties from the industry, enriching the National Institutes of Health, the agency, its leadership, and up to 2,407 of its scientists.
1: Let's break that down a little bit in, in digestible pieces before we move forward. I think this issue, maybe it was originally raised or in part raised by Senator Rand Paul, who was questioning Dr. Anthony Fauci at the time in congressional hearings under oath, asking him, well, how much in royalties do you get from these companies that stand to profit off the decisions that you make? And I believe his answer was something like, he didn't know, which is strange and not too credible, because any scientist should know what his royalties are and his connections are and should be prepared to disclose his financial conflicts of interest. But then he went on to say that it was a negligible amount, you know, so tiny, he gave an example, it was almost meaningless. Can you add anything to that, what Dr. Fauci was saying about the royalties?
0: Yes, whether it was Dr. Fauci or the acting director of the National Institutes of Health itself. Lawrence Tabak. The leadership at NIH has misled Congress repeatedly on this issue. Uh, Congratulations to U.S. Senator Paul. He was a big champion of this in 2022, twice with Fauci in the hot seat in the U.S. Senate, which piggybacked off our disclosures. Here's the timeline of our knockdown, dragout drag-out dogfight with NIH to try to quantify the third-party royalties. So nearly two years ago now, Cheryl, we filed that Freedom of Information Act request, with NIH they ignored it right away with judicial watch as our lawyers we sued them in federal court in November of 2021 by February of 2022 NIH admitted to holding 3000 pages worth of line by line royalties which they slow walked to us on court order production over the course of the next 10 months those uh, that production was so heavily redacted it was virtually worthless we could see the top line so we know that there's 325 million dollars paid uh, in third-party royalties during that period. But here's what they were redacting. They were redacting the company name who paid the royalty. They were redacting the amount to the individual scientist. And they were redacting the invention, the license number and patent number. And then last week, lo and behold, right ahead of our court, federal court schedule to try to unredact this information, NIH caved and they provided us the names of the companies. So we now know the companies who paid Fauci, who paid former director of NIH, Francis Collins, and up to 2,407 of its scientists.
1: Okay, let's um, explain to people this odd relationship that I don't know exists anywhere else, where government scientists paid by our tax dollars at the National Institutes of Health are permitted to invent or come up with something on our watch. And it somehow, I'll let you explain it better somehow it ends up part of this invention licensed or given to or bought by the pharmaceutical industry, for example, who then will pay money back and individual scientists can personally become enriched. They don't have to pay back the taxpayers, even though, again, this was discovered on our time. Explain a little better how that works.
0: Well, it was a great explanation. I'm going to give you an example of how it works in the real world on the example of the COVID-19 Moderna uh, vaccine. That was actually invented in partnership in the NIH labs with Moderna. So you had uh, at the office of vaccine research, the Vaccine Research Center that's uh, underneath Fauci's agency, his institute at the National Institute of Allergies and Infectious Diseases, right under the National Institutes of Health. Uh, right there, they partnered with Moderna to develop the Moderna what turned into the Moderna COVID nineteen uh, vaccine. Now. Uh, The head of that Vaccine Research Center, and this is breaking news right now today, we're just able to tie all this out with empirical research. While the vaccine is being uh, strategized, final researched, tested, and then rolled out on distribution to the American people, the head of the Vaccine Research Center, John Muscola, is receiving third-party royalties from Moderna that started in 2018, and we assume continued to this day. But but what we do know, according to the disclosure, uh, uh, was paid out at least through uh, 2021. So it's not a good look. Like you have the, the head of the Vaccine Research Center and Fauci's Institute, who is being paid royalties by Moderna while he's sitting on Operation Warp Speed, while he's eventually received a presidential award for his work on the vaccine with warp speed. He's being paid by Moderna, and that was never disclosed in the past.
1: Well, let's point out that this relationship is permitted under the law, which is, I think, almost everybody would agree is wrong or inappropriate, but it's permitted under the law. And what did did your record show what he was getting royalties for prior to the COVID vaccine? If he was already being paid by the company he was then helping, uh, what were those royalties for?
0: So, NIH has redacted the invention. We still don't know the patent. And so, we have to tread carefully here because we don't know the collaboration on what was inve- co-invented that are what was invented, that Moderna license starting in 2018. But the fact is, it's a bad look. Um, We also have to recognize that it's the Food and Drug Administration, not this guy's committee that eventually greenlit the vaccine. So NIH is going to make the argument, hey, trust us, we have firewalls. But the more we know on this, the more potential conflicts of interest on a prima facie basis exist that the American people were never aware of in the past.
1: Well, NIH, even if they did not play the direct role in approving the vaccines, they certainly played a role in, you know, advocating or not advocating for something and various treatments and all kinds of research that stands to impact that decision. Um, Again, this is a relationship, a conflict of interest that wouldn't be allowed, I think, under most ordinary circumstances in business and, and would at the very least have to be disclosed. And I would remind people, these documents that you got, they belong to us. The fact that you had to beg and sue for them, and this happens every day with federal agencies, is outrageous because we own them because under under the way our system works those the people who gathered them and spoke to them and made these decisions work for us and are paid by us and the products that they the product of their work whether it's emails or communications and other stuff belongs to us but it's gotten to be in the past 20 years maybe it always was this way but obviously now they work in partnership with corporations and special interests and hide the information from us while sharing it with their private partners
0: Well, and I want to uh, communicate to everybody listening to your podcast, and I really appreciate the platform here, Cheryl, to help educate the American people in real time, because this is all breaking news. When NIH last week disclosed for the first time ever, uh, at least since 2005, the companies paying these third-party royalties, our data uh, forensic uh, scientists at OpenTheBooks.com, we were able to tie out 2,019 companies paying those royalties. And I want to I uh, point out how systemic third-party royalties is within the healthcare complex. In the United States, there's about 3,000 pharmaceutical companies, and that includes all the most recent startups. And there's 2,019 companies paying third-party royalties back to NIH. So this scheme runs deep.
1: Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Did you learn anything that called into question any of the testimony by Dr. Fauci when he characterized his personal royalty payments as being negligible, or did that prove to be true?
0: So when Dr. Fauci... Represented that he couldn't talk about the detail, like who paid his third party royalties and how much they are. We think that on its face misled the US Senate and misled the American people because now we know that NIH just caved and provided us the company names. So Fauci could have talked about that. Here's the second point when Rand Paul asked Dr. Fauci whether he'd ever received a third party royalty from a company he'd given a grant to. Or provided uh, oversight to, Fauci couldn't remember. Well, here's two instances Fauci was receiving royalties from a company uh, that uh, on the AIDS therapeutic that Fauci invented. And from 1997 through 2004, we do know, because they used to disclose the amounts to the individual scientists, that Fauci received $45,000 uh, for those royalties. He greenlit $36 million worth of taxpayer money into enhancing and testing that invention. They tested in 200 sites, 18 companies over five years. He also, to that company, greenlit an avian bird flu contract in 2004. So just, and he he's continued receiving royalties from that company through 2014. The company in 2006 was also bought by Novartis, and Novartis in the database. If you rank the 2,000 companies on the receipt, uh, on the payment of, of royalties, Novartis ranks number 10 out of 2,000 companies in paying the most royalties.
1: But you didn't find any evidence that Dr. Fauci personally receives millions of dollars. Is that true?
0: No. No. Again, we don't get the amounts. On this database. And I would I would doubt it. I think Dr. Fauci he represented in the Senate hearing since 2015 that his amounts are de minimis. And although Dr. Fauci may not have been receiving personally a lot of third-party paid royalties, as we've been discussing, there's thousands of scientists at NIH receiving hundreds of millions of dollars. And he he participated and the advocacy of the culture of secrecy at the agency to keep all of this information away from the American people.
1: Let's talk a little bit about how in the big picture, you touched on this in the beginning, the National Institutes of Health, or let's say the government, can control the narratives and all kinds of things about the medicines we're allowed to seek treatment from, what studies get funded, what studies and subjects never get funded, by by government, which is a primary funder, because they're the main drivers of research dollars going to scientists at universities and other places, they in the pharmaceutical industry. So in partnership, the government slash pharmaceutical industry, particularly to the extent that they're conflicted and intertwined, can pretty much control America's research landscape and make sure that the bulk of the studies that come out promote what they want or don't look into safety issues that could undermine the companies and the products they want to protect. Can you add to that?
0: Well, I think again, the best example is from the pandemic. So at openthebooks.com, we pulled the federal checkbook data all the way back to 2008 on Pfizer and Moderna. And incredibly during that period, the U.S. taxpayer on federal contracts and grants put $65 billion collectively into both of those companies. We pulled their Wall Street profit filings on both of those companies from the year 2020 and 21 at the height of the pandemic. And those companies earned in profits to their shareholders $65 billion. Most of that or large percentages of that was because of the COVID-19 vaccines they rolled out. We now know because of federal lawsuits and news reporting that those two companies have paid the National Institutes of Health About a half billion dollars, $500 billion just in the last year or two on third party paid royalties. So the big question becomes, did any other therapeutic uh, response to COVID, did any of that stand a chance when big government was this close to those two companies? And I think the American people are smart enough to render an answer.
1: Well, as we're recording this interview, there is news that I haven't dived into thoroughly, but about ivermectin with the FDA supposedly finally acknowledging what many scientists said from the start, that ivermectin could be prescribed uh, rationally by doctors to treat COVID. Um, A lot of people were blocked from getting ivermectin prescriptions. I did a story on full measure of a couple that believe they saved their own lives when Walmart and other pharmaceutical companies blocked them getting their their human prescription of ivermectin they took a as they would call it pony paste version that they worked with their veterinarian and doctor on what kind of dose and they believe that saved their lives the point being people either were denied this therapy or in some cases forced they felt to take a risk and use the horse version of the medicine because they couldn't get based on the government or pharmaceutical company or you know, uh, pharmacies' actions, they couldn't get their prescriptions filled. I mean, maybe that's an example of therapies that could have existed and helped many people early on that were downplayed or in some cases sort of banned. The media was in on it, the government was in on it. Um, pretty shocking stuff.
0: Yeah, if you didn't take the institutional line on this, if you didn't take the institutional narrative on this, They came down hard on you. They dropped the heavy boot of big government and they used the media to do it. Uh, At OpenTheBooks.com, we feel that this third-party royalty database, when you start to follow the money, sheds even more light and puts new angles on exactly what happened during the pandemic.
1: Are there any other headlines we've left out? I know you'll still be combing through this because there are thousands of pages, but is there anything we missed?
0: Well, I mean, there's just... Example after example, this is a a database that is a target-rich environment for potential insider trading, conflict of interest, and personal enrichment. We've opened up the entire database, and this is very important because we need your help. The American people's help, subject matter experts, whistleblowers. We've put the whole database on our website in an easy-to-use, downloadable Excel spreadsheet where you can slice and dice this. And so people are, re- like, just in the past 30 minutes, right ahead of this program, I took a look at how many people were on that spreadsheet, and there was over 215 from across the entire country. So we need the help of the American people. We believe transparency revolutionizes United States public policy. Let's prove it. Let's put a million eyes on this spreadsheet and let's tease out all the examples because on the examples, they generate more questions and that helps us give
1: oversight. Explain to people how they can easily find, read more about this and actually access the spreadsheet.
0: So just come to openthebooks.com just right on our homepage. We have the spreadsheet. I think it's in the third position right in, on the homepage of the website. Uh, it's got a picture of Benjamin Franklin with a mask over his face. If you click on that, you'll be able to download that Excel spreadsheet and start the important work, the heavy lifting, but fun work of actually giving that database oversight.
1: I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that if so, you leave us a good review, subscribe and share it with your friends. Check out my other podcast, the Cheryl Ikison Podcast. And remember, our new season, our ninth year at Full Measure, begins Sunday, September 10th. We have a lot of exciting original stories to report for you. For a station list, you can go to CherylAckison.com and click the Full Measure tab. You will see a list of stations, locations, and times. Now you can support independent journalism causes by visiting CherylAckison.com and clicking the Store tab. There are some thought-provoking and fun products Designed exclusively for independent and free thinkers like you, with proceeds benefiting independent reporting causes like the ION Awards. Do your own research. Make up your own mind. Think for yourself.